Howdy folks, this is Steve Bradley, God's Wordsmith, and I'm going to be talking today about Psalm 147, verse 3, which reads, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. But first, I want to talk a few moments about negativity, <clears throat> because we're going to be dealing with Matthew at the end, and it's really a terrible story until the resurrection, of course. <clears throat> but Jesus is arrested and he goes before this kangaroo court and then they decide to murder him for no particular reason other than that he's an inconvenient human. Well, the Bible is about reality, so it always discusses both good and evil. The thing to remember is that the scriptures always tell the truth. The Bible says God cannot lie. In other words, it's going to be the simple unvarnished facts. And once in a while you see editorialism, but most of the time God is just speaking the story as it happened. If a bad man becomes good, the Bible reports that honestly. If a good man does evil, the Bible presents it without glossing it over. I'm currently reading the section in 2 Samuel where David commits adultery with Bathsheba and then has her husband murdered because Bathsheba gets pregnant. It is a terrible story, and awful things flow from it, even though God forgives David. Why is that in the Bible? Well, it's a very good question, but it's because it's a necessary part of the scriptures. If God is going to tell the human story, and be honest about it, he's got to deal with what happens. He can't just say, oh, it's all wonderful. All my saints are great people, because every single one of them, except maybe one, is terribly flawed. So <clears throat> we need to know the negative, because it's the truth. We also need to know the positive, because it's the truth. We are a mixture of good and bad because of Adam and Eve's sin, and we'll cover that later in another teaching. But Jesus came to break that control of sin and Satan's domination over all of us. And those who want to live with God forever choose to follow Jesus and be remade into new men and women and children. Good things always follow conversion and living for God, but the bad still exists, and sometimes bad just happens to you. Terrible things can happen to the Christian. They can be martyred. They can be tortured. They can face adversity in human life. God does not exempt us from the bad things that happen, and sometimes they're worse because Satan attacks. It's just the way it is. What I'd have to say is that this is like honest journalism. The Bible reports the truth because God cannot lie. Now on to today's devotional. <clears throat> God is our great healer when bad things happen to us. He said to the Israelites long ago <clears throat> in one of the first five books of the Bible, he says, I am the Lord who heals you. 
And it is an amazing truth that God heals the evil that comes about in our lives. And today the psalmist gives us this short little word. He says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That is, he does it when you let him. And one of our great problems of our humanity is that we often will not let him heal us. We get mad at him. We resent him. We become angry because life does not go our way. He tells us, of course, how it's going to be in the scriptures that there are people who suffer, that there are people who have good things happen to them, that there are difficulties in life. He tells us this. But we spend time and effort trying to find some other way to get healed. Now, that's very interesting because I know this in a way that many do not. I used to work with drug addicts, and I have listened to many people talk about how they use drugs to mask the pain that they felt, or their sin, or the, the evil that they had seen or endured. Um, I remember working with people who had been just horribly mistreated as children, and this lives with them forever. And so they used drugs, they used alcohol to try to mask all this pain. And of course it didn't work, but they got addicted. And so Satan had more control over them, over them then because of the drugs and alcohol than he had over them when they were troubled and struggling. Finally, of course, people who understand what's going on they realize that the drugs and alcohol are the real problem, and they stop, and then God can heal them. Real healing comes when we allow God to do his work, and the Bible is very clear that we must participate in that. Now listen to me carefully. There are people who say, just let go and let God, and all will be fine. That is not true. The Bible says if you are a Christian, you are a new creation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. But you have to put off the old man, that is, the person you were before you were converted and became a Christian. And you must put on the new man. And Paul actually details the ways in which we do that in Ephesians chapter 4. In the same way, you must allow God to heal your mind from the pain and evil that you've experienced and that has broken your heart. How does he do this? Well, of course, the first step is through conversion. You stop being mad at God. You stop resenting him and hating him, and you realize that he loves you. He wants to turn you from the power of Satan to God. That is a step but it is only the first step. The next step is to invite the Holy Spirit who comes to live with you when you're converted and to fill your life with his presence. He in, Invite him to fill you. Invite him to take over your life and to strengthen you. Now, of course, he doesn't submerge your personality. He merely fills it with his goodness. After that, it's incremental. 
one step at a time in that you let God work his grace in your life. You allow the scriptures to comfort you, but you realize that the time when he will wipe away every tear is in the future. I have a friend who lost her little boy when he was five. I think she was somewhere in her late 30s, and he was run over by a truck. He ran out into the street near their home, and this truck backed out and ran over him. It's a terrible story and a terrible thing. The pain of that loss has been muted, and this is a very dear girl, but it will not go away until she is reunited with him in heaven. Why? Because that's life. I know other people who have seen their dear children commit suicide because they couldn't face life. One of these was a young woman in my congregation, actually, who starved herself to death. She chose to die. Imagine the parent. That is truly horrible. What's a father to do? What can he do to eliminate the awful pain he feels? Well, instead of getting mad at God and saying, God caused this, he can turn to the Lord and let God give him his comfort and strength. And that brings up the third thing, which is honest prayer. You must pray to the Father. You must tell him about the pain you have. You must be honest with him. If you read the Psalms, you'll see the psalmist, although he's always respectful, is honest. Or the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah's honest. Yes, God already knows, but he wants you to talk to him so that he can enter the conversation with you and provide the healing that you need. <clears throat> He knows, but you won't be relieved of your pain until you open up about it with him. A massive part of healing of the Spirit is opening our hearts to God about what we need and pouring out our souls before the Lord. When we, when we do that, we allow him to be the skillful healer that he is and to strengthen us and to give our hearts rest. In essence, then, there are these steps. Number one, you must give up all your resentment against God. No matter what you think, a resentful person never heals. He carries that bitterness with him like a festering sore, which always gets worse, never better, especially if it's buried. <clears throat> Number two, if you're not a Christian, the first step is to stop being angry at God and turn to him. This begins the release from Satan's grasp. When you become a Christian, he opens your eyes. He turns you from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, as it is written in Acts chapter 26, verse 18. The third thing is to open your mind and heart to the Holy Spirit and ask him to fill your life with his grace. You don't do that just once, by the way. You do that often, over and over. The fourth thing is you allow God to speak to you through his word. You go to the Bible and you make that your necessary food because the word of God will change you and strengthen you like nothing else that has been written down. And then finally, 
you pray and you don't stop praying you tell him what's going on in your heart and mind may god bless you today and fill your life with his joy and his rich rich love and may your day be beautiful this is steve bradley god's wordsmith signing off